We had it coming. We had it coming. We watched Chicago on Not A Hate Watch. Yes, we certainly did. Hello. Welcome to Not A Hate Watch. Yes, we certainly did. Uh, we watched the movie Chicago. I am missing information here, as always, with Alice Lee. Alice, welcome. You have been musicaled. I have been musical. This is true. It's our first musical since the Apple. This was a pick off of my list that you picked for me. Um, I had a realization while I was watching this, which is this movie came out in 2002, which is the year I graduated high school. And I had a very unique experience in high school in that when I was in middle school, I was in the band and, I, and most of my friends were from band. And then when we went to high school. They all joined band, but I didn't want to march. So I, so I kind of fell off of them. And most of those people then went on to become theater kids. And I was definitely not a theater kid. I was a newspaper kid. And I remember going to see the school, the productions that, that my, my high school would put on and feeling like it, like it was so like kind of foreign and alien to me that I think because of that, I just like disassociated myself from theater completely for a very long time. That's a very fascinating insight. I can share. I have a sim... So I obviously do theater, so clearly don't have the exact same experience. Sure, yes. Um, but I had the experience of really enjoying plays, but not necessarily being a musical theater kid and running in the circle with musical theater kids. And something about the gusto, bravado, whatever it was, this confidence that they had just turned me off because it almost just felt overwhelming of like, Oh, this like center of presence. And I'm being, I, this is the people in my life. I am not saying that all musical theater kids are like this. It is a stereotype. No, of it, 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 you know, it's but, true though. It's but, true. <laughs> in, in my experience, it has been true. So for me, it was a case of, uh, it was to me, it was also something foreign. Like I cannot dance. I can sing, you know, the opening musical number aside. Uh, so it's one of those things that I, it's not that I don't understand all the aspects of it, but to be that into it and that excited by all of this stuff that when I listened was fine, but never spoke to me in that deep way where musical theater people were like, you could tell their soul was just connected on, right. a, on a real level with it. So yeah, yep. that that foreign aspect too also sort of turned me off of musicals, I would say. Obviously not theater as a whole, but I, I there was a period where I really was just... No, annoyingly viscerally anti-musicals i have gotten older i have not you know i've gotten past that point of of feeling like it's cool to hate on something obviously sure. not a hate watch being the entire point of this yes now so 2002 were you having friends that were talking about chicago singing mm. it was this no. something you were aware of so i i was i think i was aware that it was a movie but I, I was not surrounded. At this point, I had pretty much fallen out with all of my friends who then became theater people. And so I didn't really have a frame of reference for it. I, I was looking this movie up. I didn't realize this movie won Best Picture. That's that's wild yeah. to me. Yeah. I was watching it with that knowledge. And, and it was also, I believe, uh, it wasn't. It was just um, Catherine Zeta-Jones who won? Or did mm -hmm. they sell yes. worker? Catherine Zeta-Jones also, also won. Um uh, Zellweger was nominated. I think Gear was nominated. Yes. Um, yes, and it won Best Picture, which I was a stat. Like I was looking at the other movies that came out in 2002, and I felt like there were so many 
better movies, like Far From Heaven, which is the Todd Haynes queer classic. Um, Bend It Like Ooh. Beckham, which is not really a queer, which is a queer classic in its own way. Um, Minority Report. Um, Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man, the first uh, Raimi Spider-Man. Um, Eight Mile uh, came out. I'm so, yeah, I, I'm so curious if a lot of the power behind this is because it is such a tour de force of a theater production. Yes. That capturing it on screen in any semblance of a way that makes sense, sure. that told the story well, that was done well, I wonder if that just sort of drove it past that point where, you know, once it was, basically once it started getting produced, it was never not going to you know, just sure. dominate in that way. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I could see that. It, it, I just think that Attack of the Clones should have won Best Picture. That's all I'm saying. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. Same year. Oh. Um. So I, I kind of turned around on musicals. I, I know exactly when I turned around on musicals, which is in 2013, or sorry, in 2014. I went to a, a, a showing of the Bell and Sebastian movie, God, God's, uh, help the girl. Um, which is, which is, which is a musical. And I knew that it was an album that Stuart Murdoch had produced and then they made a movie out of it, but it didn't really occur to me until I was in the theater and the main character jumps out a window and starts singing that, oh, this is a musical. They're going to sing all the time. And oh, th this is not going to stop. This is the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. thing. This is the whole movie. And I love that movie. I actually love that movie more than the than Stuart Murdoch, who directed it, loves it. I know this definitively because I went on the Bell and Sebastian Cruise a few years ago, and they had a screening of it, and he just talked about how much he was disappointed, how it didn't do well, like financially and stuff. And the us nerds are sitting there in the theater like, oh, well, we love this movie. We love it. And he's like, yeah, sure, watch it, whatever. I don't care. Um <laughs> But but yeah, after that I kind of turned around on musicals, and 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 so what also happened is in 2013 I moved to L.A. A lot of my friends when I moved here were were big musical people. Um, I remember like sitting at hangouts and thinking like, oh, this is must be what it's like for my friends when they don't they don't play video games. This this like mm, this cultural black yes. hole that I have is is so weird because everyone's talking with these very specific references and stuff, and and yeah, and so then um. Over the years, as I've gone back to New York, I have, on trips, I go to New York about, like, once or twice a year every year. I've been trying to go to see all of the major Broadway shows, and, and, and I've been fortunate enough to see, I saw Hamilton, I saw Hadestown, um, I've seen, I've seen a bunch, and... So I'm sort of, I, I've explained it to people as I'm sort of backing myself into an appreciation of musicals, but um, I, I hadn't really, I hadn't really broached movie musicals too much since then i think um the only ones i'd seen prior to this and the apple were god help the girl and i i, I saw um west side story last year which i thought was excellent um and i want to talk a little more about later and then i also saw hedwig and the angry inch which i have a lot of complicated feelings about but mm. it, it's pretty good yeah. um so yeah this is and i felt like this is one is the the quintessential movie musical i feel like this one gets cited as like re-inspiring a generation um i also did get to see chicago very recently when i was in new york um i went and saw it with my friend Wizbeth because um angelica ross was playing the part of roxy hart on broadway and it was the first time a trans woman performer was headlining a broadway show and so i thought that's really cool that's i really great. want to see that 
and and I loved the I loved that I loved the staging of it I loved the performance. Um, do you want to talk about the movie? Yeah, so I, I guess I, I I wanted pivot off of what you've talked about the theatrical sure. experience. That's something that was something that was a. Uh, I guess I'll use the word sticking point, but I don't feel like that's the correct word in the sense of I kept coming back to this feeling of, God, I want to be in a theater watching this. Mm -hmm. I want to be in a theater. I don't want to be sitting in my house, like feeling the kind of this cold energy coming off when I'm seeing the dance moves. So, but I was also fascinated and appreciated the cinematography and what they did yes. to film it. I, it 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 was funny i wrote very early on oh is this going to be a, a dream ballet where we have roxy yeah. singing numbers all the time i didn't realize that no literally that we are intercutting yes, yes we are cutting to stage show production numbers done in a fantasy nightclub burlesque yeah. house where they're singing the songs about their emotional development but we're also intercutting it with scenes that are played to reality how much realism was pushed in the musical versus like say is what we saw in the dream ballet more of what that stage show looks like oh yes or do we have yes. moments where we're going into okay so it's but well, it, well that well, is basically sorry just, what i will say is it is it is more i think than what you might think of as a traditional movie musical where they're in a scene and then they break out in a song and it's taking place in the scene it's not that they're cutting to a cutting to the set where they're always singing and dancing like it was in the movie um, yes, it was very. Um, the singing was endemic to the locations, as if as if that was just what how the the conversation continued between the characters. Um, yeah, I I didn't really think the movie worked for me because of that. It really took me out of it. I mean, like, okay, like like you said, the choreography is incredible. The da- the 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 costumes, the dancing, the singing was very good. I was very impressed. I didn't. I wasn't sure if it, at first if it was the actual actor singing, but I think it was. Um, but. Yeah, just taking the musical numbers out of the context of the story felt super weird to me. Like I I like yeah. it when people are like, you know, sitting in a sitting on a street and then they and then and then they start dancing all of a sudden and and everything around them just makes sense for them to start dancing. Like uh, comparing it to West Side Story, which I saw last year, um What's that story does does that very I think very well. It makes use of the set pieces, it makes use of the locations that they're at. Um I think it, I think it, I think while this was more, I think, focused on the choreography and 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 presentation theatrically, um, it just it just left me cold. Yeah, so you have you have described very much the exact feeling I had with the cutting back and forth. I'll add to it that I uh, it's interesting because you can go the wrong route where you go too far into the realism where you're on the Les Mis or Cats and Tom Hooper, where he's basically letting everyone's act sing and then change, like, it, which is an insane thing. This is this truly insane thing to do. You have the actors act singing, and then they made the instrumentation match what the actors were doing. So, like, you're going to have all sort, sorts of crazy, like, tempo changes and things like that going into it versus this, where it's clearly, like, everything was produced to the point where you have... Probably the choreography that was taken from a or a oh, yes. from the original or a yes. production that you clearly have just put it in here, and we're showing you that choreography yes. with those things on it. So it was weird being in the middle because I can't think of another 
movie musical that has done that where where the musical numbers that are being performed on the stage are not diegetic to what's happening like we are being shown these events there are events happening in real life and clearly all the events that are happening in this theater are not actually happening but that's also where we're having our revelations of our characters story arc and emotion development and plot development it's all being told in a black box with occasionally cutting back to the scene where we're at and maybe a line is spoken or i don't think i don't think they really saying that much in the now that i'm actually thinking about it I don't. I think they only spoke in the scenes when they were speaking. Yeah. All of the singing was done in the nightclub, uh, yep. the 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 dream nightclub yes. versus the real mm-hmm. world. That's interesting. I I'm not a movie musical expert, so I wonder what the trend was at that time. And maybe it's because movie musicals had just fallen mm-hmm. so to the wayside yeah. that because this was the first one to come back and be unapologetic about it mm-hmm. as well and be a big hit. Yes. It, it gave a good reason for people to want to come out and see it again. I kept imagining, thinking about my experience I had with Glass Onion, which we talked about seeing it in theaters, I was also like, this might also work really well if I was seeing this on the big screen, where these song and dance numbers are basically taking up my entire focal point. And it's as if, you know, it's, it's filling your vision so much that it's like you're seeing it live, you know, or at least more so because you're being kind of covered in it versus just sure. watching it on on a screen at home where you lose a bit of that depth the filmmaker sure. intended yeah. to be there i mean and I, I will also say i think you had i believe you i'm correct that you had not been super familiar with with chicago some of the numbers but not the whole the whole the whole musical before this i and like yeah i learned i knew a lot more than i thought i did so sure. what i didn't know were the exact beats Mm-hmm. I didn't know all the numbers. I knew more than I thought. Sure. I knew... Uh, it kind of played out exactly what it thought it would be. Sure, What yeah. I didn't realize was the characterizations. Okay. So, like, I really like Roxy Hart. Um, she was probably the most interesting of them. Bill, I, 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 as soon as Billy Flynn walked on, I was just like, oh, this guy's full of shit and such a bullshitter. Yeah. And I just, like, didn't like his character, but also he got... Uh, uh, wow, I'm blinking on our main character's name all of a sudden. Roxy Hart, Vel- Roxy. Velma Kelly? Velma. Velma. Uh, oh, no. Oh, Ro- oh, I'm sorry. Velma Roxy's, is the one who I really enjoy. Yeah, yes, Roxy's yes. the main gal. Yes, Ro- yes, yes, yes. See, Roxy's this is, how is Renee Zelliger. Velma is Catherine Zeta-Jones. Um, yeah, and but, so, yeah, it, it just was... Yeah, I just got it. So what What did you know about it? Did you know the story going into right. it? Right, well, so, so I, did, I did see it on Broadway. Well, of like, course, of course. Like, a month ago... Uh, I saw it in November. No, I sorry. I saw it. In, I saw it in September, um, and so I that was when I was familiar with it. But I think I think that if you think about the 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 movie going, and especially I think the Oscar voting, Academy voting public, this is a classic musical. It was the it was it was Bob Fosse. It 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 had a huge revival in 1996, and it has continued running. Like the the production I saw was the same production ongoing forever. Um, I feel like this is like when I when I asked my friends how do I get into musicals I would ask them this and they would say watch the Chicago movie um, and so like I think that this is the classic and so for that reason that's why it is so lauded and I think for you and I who are more musical um, newbies it I think that's partially why maybe it doesn't work as well for us yeah and I think 
you know, we talk a lot about camp and stuff, and mm-hmm. I think that's an element that will always give me some buy-in. And this had some of it, but it was also moments where, again, I kept thinking, oh, this is the kind of shit that plays so well in a theater. Like, all the dance number mm-hmm. references, the move references, seeing all that play out. I'm, I, I made an assumption during the tap dancing scene where Billy Flynn is having to navigate the testimony. In the, in the musical, is he actually tap dancing through that entire thing and talking? I believe so. I believe so. I I, okay. I, can't, I can't quite remember. Also, very clearly not Richard Gere tap dancing. I loved that. I love that it wasn't Richard Gere tap dancing. They only showed him from the waist up, and they only showed all the tap dancing was from behind in the shadows. It was great. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. I also. Oh gosh, his his voice that he had. I I, I wrote down a note. I realized I don't know what Richard Gere normally sounds like. I, but his his voice when he was singing and everything was like this. I'm like, yeah. ooh, I love that specific voice. That weird sounds mm-hmm. like a mid Atlantic radio announcer. Yeah, 1920s radio from the announcer. 20s. Yeah, that voice really. Uh, I, I laughed and was like, oh, okay. I I kind of again am getting what musical I'm in and what yes. I'm seeing. It is weird to me that it does. feel feel like it's glamorizing murder and stuff. I I mean it's it's just uh, it's it's I mean hell, we I just mean, watched was, Joker, you I was know. Say, that, as compared that to every clearly, other aspect of our culture. I, I that that did not bother. You know. Um I I guess I didn't know what I was supposed to like sure. about Roxy. And yeah. I didn't know what I was supposed to like about Billy Flynn. I I liked Velma, yeah. but I that was I feel like all of Catherine Zeta Jones' charisma just yes. Yes. pouring forth. Like I, I could tell exactly shit. why she won the. Oh yes, this was one of those things where I'm like, okay, even though the rest of this movie feels cold, she is like warm, not like yep. warm, but like icy hot. Yes. Even it was that yes. amazing. Even so, when they yeah, were, I, even when they would like cut back to her while she was like watching something else happening, it was just mm-hmm. it was just like, oh fuck, I, I want more of her in this movie. Oh, the moments when she was complaining that Roxy and Billy had stolen all of her best moments when she was staging her own trial. Oh, that was just brilliant and great. Uh, I was going to cry. Like, I was going to drink the water. Um, yeah, so we can quickly just very quickly go over the plot in case people here aren't familiar with the plot of Chicago. Uh, Roxy Hart murders uh, a man wait, 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 who wait a has... So we open on Velma Kelly, who is part of a sister act, and her sister is missing. Yes. Comes out and sings and all she... that jazz, which is, which is like, the quintessential, like, I always get this, I always got Chicago mess, mixed up with Cabaret, because, like, like, in my mind, well, they same the same thing. Well, same writers, I believe so. Right, yeah. But, and, 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 but, like, I feel like all that jazz was, like, the only thing I knew about this musical before I'd, I, I, it's, I saw it the first time, and so that, mm-hmm. like, that was very important, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, sure having we, don't, that be, we don't miss it. Yeah, no, because yeah, it, we open with all that jazz, and Roxy's watching the show. She then, uh, and then the police come and arrest Velma for the murder of her sister uh, and uh, her partner. And then we cut to Roxy, who also has now killed uh, her uh, uh, 
I guess what would be the word? Paramore, whatever. But uh, a person who lied to her and said could get her into show business. And uh, she got mad at him for lying and saying that she was leaving it or saying that he was going to leave her. And she shoots him. And Billy Flynn, is. they go to jail. Billy Flynn is the lawyer who is trying to get Roxy off. Yes. He decides that he is going to wait, 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 spectacle. Wait. We have – Go ahead. You're skipping over – we meet the other inmates in the in the jail in, in the cell block Tango. Which is which is one of oh, the big numbers. And we yes, also, I, we, I, we also meet Mama. We meet Mama. I'm yes, I'm getting through just the very yeah, pushing the basic parts of it so yeah. that these, we can get to the the main overarching part of it. And then sure. we'll go through it down there. These, yeah. these are so these are my favorite parts of the movie. That's why I wanted to make sure we talk about it. No, we will. Yeah, I'm just getting the main thrust out of the way, which is that it's about a trial for murder, and it's about Roxy's trial and yeah. and the build up to it. So the murders is what starts it. That's not really at all any mm-hmm. of the mystery of it's not a who done it. It's a they did it. Yes. You know, and and they're proud of it. And here we go. We're going to try and blatantly get these people who have murdered for what, you know, whatever reason uh, off. And it's this lawyer who's going to do it. And the weird. Yeah, it's I don't I don't know where to go from here because it just was one big, odd Piece. So let's let's talk about some of the stuff that you liked. I want because I want to focus on again. Mm-hmm. We're trying not to drag this entirely, and and I'll admit I might have a little bit of a hard time. So I I'm gonna let <laughs> us get to the positive first. I'm sure. not. This is not gonna be a minions level hatred. It's not that. Okay, well, that's I just realized after I just realized afterwards. I'm like I don't know if I have a lot to say on this. Sure. Like I just thought it was. Meh, I skipped some song. Like I did, end up skipping a bit through some songs, mm. like midway through it, because I, it, it, like, I, you know, it just was one of those things where I, I kind of, as took the advice that you said, but rather than fully stop the film and check out completely, right? I just skipped forward to get to the next the, the sure. story elements because at a certain point I'm like. Mm-hmm. This song is going to go on another seven minutes, and I'm just going to watch them dance, and I'm not there watching them dance live. Like, thank you, but no, thank you. Let's we'll, we'll get onto the plot. Yeah. So you mentioned the cell block tango. Yes, which is which is one of the like I think marquee numbers, one of the marquee numbers, and I did like the staging of this. I liked, I did like the sort of, it felt very theater to instead of showing how each of the women it's a song about how all of the different women what what their crimes are what they're in for but essentially and they sort of with through through choreography recreate the crimes that they commit and i and it ends with them pulling out a red scarf to, to indicate that they shot someone or something i thought that was pretty good yeah um and and i think like set wise that was closer to the actual jail set and so i think it took me out of it less but um i really love that i really enjoyed that song and i really thought the performance was excellent um Loved Mama. Mama is a character. Uh, Queen oh, Latifah. Queen Latifah. Also, Transcendent. Also canonically a lesbian. She's wearing a tuxedo in that last scene. She is She is canonically yep. a lesbian. Um, oh, I, and the double entendre is about Mama gets what she wants and she's pleased and everything. And it's like, well, she's in prison. Who's doing that for her? We all know what's up. Me, Mama was just absolutely fantastic. And her queen vibes over all of the other inmates and the control she had was just fantastic. Who is your favorite inmate that's not Roxy or Velma? Mm. I like them all. I love the Hungarian lady. I love uh, um not guilty. I I I I really enjoyed that. 
Um, I, I looked it up, and the, the term they were using for her essentially means, like, whore in Hungarian. Um, and and, and in the, apparently in the musical, she doesn't get a name. In, I noticed in the movie they did state her, her character's name. I forget what it is, but... Um, yeah, she, that 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 bit worked so well for me in the live musical, and it worked for me again here in the in the in the movie. So I think I think that was my favorite. But yeah, yeah, hearing it in uh, in Hungarian and not knowing what she's saying, but still being able to understand every little beat of her story through all of that was was really helped transcend. I was so sad when she was like when she got hung. And the reason she got hung, you realize, is because she didn't have enough money to get uh, the lawyer, which was, like, a huge bummer. And there are so many people that died just simply because they couldn't afford to have a whole circus come in to get them off with a spectacle. And basically by, like, you know, playing all of the people, you know, for chumps that were in the trial and it working. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, it. I think. I think the whole musical is meant to be a cynical take on the system is corrupt. Everyone's bribing everyone. None of it. Just justice is not real. Um, Roxy and Velma are both able to get off, even though they are actually murderers, and they make a, a living off of showing how they're murderers. Um, yeah, I. It was interesting. I there was a really satisfying beat for me when. The trial is done, and you see the there have the guilty or innocent newspapers out there. They throw the innocent newspapers to you know to the press, and that's the one that goes. And then the moment that happens uh, outside the courthouse, a woman shoots uh, her husband and lawyer, and then all the press run out and start covering that. And Roxy's all like, "Well, what's happening? Why why isn't everyone covering me?" And it's, and the line uh, that. Billy Flynn said, which is, can't beat fresh blood. And that, you know, really just summarizing sort of that aspect and angle and the take of the media circus and public interest surrounding true crime and the novelty of it, as it were, and always needing a new hot trial of the century, you know, to to play into because people either need to use it for their own political gain or because they're bored or because it's whatever reason it is. There's also an entire subplot and the use of the dream theater highlights the need for people to want to break out of the mundane that would cause them to do such things like pick up a gun and just murder someone willy-nilly, you know, because that's just what they're going to do in this moment. And, And how... Everyone just wants that escape. And in her case, really, literally wants an escape from death itself. Yes, absolutely. Lucy Liu is there. She shows up halfway through the movie for like a couple scenes. Yeah, that was interesting. Her her mom owns all the pineapples in Hawaii. Yeah, which is a real thing. Um, yeah, I mean, that's money, money right there. Yes, Um I, I enjoyed that. I was like, oh, right. This is the period. This is like the two year period where Lucy Liu is in a bunch of movies like Charlie's Angels and the like. And then they relegated her to, to, to elementary for seven seasons. She was coasting off that Ally McBeal fame. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I think really struck me is that 
I this is something that I think I I've been wanting to understand more about myself, which is I am not into burlesque, and I don't understand why. I think it's I think it comes back to my like tension with camp, but I love. Don't get me wrong. I love women. I'm I'm very into women in lingerie. Something about when they start like you know singing and dancing and kicking their legs up and shaking their chests. I I just can't take it anymore. Um, I this has always been some something for me. It's like I feel like especially in in queer spaces and maybe this is because of the close association with drag as well. But cabaret cabaret style stuff and 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 burlesque stuff has never worked for me. And so. There were parts of this movie where, while I was impressed by what was technically happening, it just it wasn't working for me. I think there was less of that in the live version, partially because they're on they're on sets, um, and there was a much more variety in the costumes. Where here it was very much just burlesque costumes all the way through. Um, but yeah, I don't really know why that is, but I just have never jived with that, and it, it, I always feel like I'm on a different wavelength. Yeah, I realized when I was watching this. I've never been to a nightclub. Like, I've never been to a show like this ever before. The, cl- the closest experience I've gotten to it is going to musicals that have numbers that more or less mm-hmm. play into that style. So you're right. I've never had that connection either. Obviously, I have a connection with drag, which has, you know, goes hand yes. in hand with burlesque in many different ways. But because I'm not a, a person who connects to dancing in an expressive way like i will watch it and i will be absolutely impressed by the technical aspect and understand how hard it is what they do but i don't feel that i don't really feel much when i'm seeing it i don't have the language to translate that movement into something that speaks to me that's another reason why i sort of got to the point where I, i jumped through a couple of the numbers was really just because it's like yeah i'm as much as I appreciate this, I'm not getting anything from it, and I'd rather just get to the next the next thing that I know I'm going to be uh, enjoying on that on there. But yeah, I, I think that's why the cutting back and forth was also the part that that maybe didn't work for me in that part too. Absolutely, yeah. You like other movie musicals. You like The Apple. I believe you like Cats 2019. Do you does this? movie change your mind about that like do you like does it make you appreciate those movies more um are you rethinking your entire view of musicals i'm curious (laughs) no no i don't i don't think this had a strong impact on the needle whatsoever i'll clarify i i actually did not like the music of the musical cats i loved the experience of having watched it Mm, there are some there are some catchy songs into it i I was just baffled by no i truly was flabbergasted by cats i I I think most of my experience is still hit or miss in that I just I really like what I like and I really just am am super ambivalent on the stuff that I don't uh you know like I saw like I saw Tootsie recently come through and mm. I I struggled with that adaptation more so not because the music one because the music was just not rememberable but for yes. that it was more about adapting a a piece of fiction that worked well in its time and trying to update it in a way that it says a similar message to now but just completely missing I feel like the point of the original uh, yeah. I felt the Sister Act musical did the same thing. I, 
There's also just uh, the types of musicals that get produced in town at the local theater that does musicals mm-hmm. usually are the ones that are based off of movies or mm. like the big classics that you've heard, like Sound of Music, Singing in the Rain, West Side Story, like something where it's like, oh, we're going to do productions of those you know, twice within like 10 years, let's say a couple of those things in there mm-hmm. might be done. Um, like they've, like there have been in town three or four productions of Cabaret in the last 10 years. Cause I'm hitting 10 years that sure. I've been doing stuff in town. So yeah, it's interesting that I, th- I think it always comes down to there's something technically going on that always pulls me out of it. Whether it's things aren't mic'd correctly, something yeah. about the orchestra is flat, maybe this person's singing is... It, it, I think I just can't help but hone in. On, because music is so structured, unlike a play, where you're given a lot more variance and stretching that you can do, where the actor might have a moment where you know they can play things off differently but a musical is always sung the same way it is supposed to be done this way and only yes. this way and if yes. you do not do it this way and only this way the entire structure of it falls so when you are going to a musical and i see that part it's so easy to see it fail that i I think I just struggle watching live musicals for that reason, which is why people, I think, love filmed musicals. But then it right. becomes sterile, and I want that live theater aspect where I'm like, no, I want to see these weird things where there is sure. that risk and it's live. And I and it, mm-hmm. I just – I'm a person who can't be pleased by it, and I, it annoys me. It really does annoy me because I'll go to stuff and want to like it, and then for some reason – Something just pulls me from it, and I'm just stuck stuck in my own little bit of miserableness. Not miserable and, like, woe is me, but just, like, me being annoyed at myself for being annoyed at something. Yeah, no, I, I, definitely, know, I definitely know what you mean in terms of, like, I should be enjoying this. I don't enjoy it. I don't understand why. I, I, I think I've learned over time that I just have to accept that, that that's just how I feel about things and be okay with that. Yes. Um, like all my friends I, I are think also people this. go ahead. Yes. I also think the 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 movie musical is popular because it just it's in terms of access. Like like you said, you live in you live in Iowa. The, these are the musicals that are available to you. Um I'm very privileged. I, I've been able to go to New York a bunch, but I recognize not everyone's able to do that. Um for most people who don't live in in like New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, even Los Angeles doesn't doesn't have as much um there just isn't access to these musicals. Like they'll get the touring production of the hit musical two to three years after, like, or at some point they'll start licensing Hamilton to high schools and high schools start putting it on. But that's, that's really it. Um, whereas, whereas the movie, ver- the movies, especially because also because there tend not to be filmed versions of Broadway shows available either. And so the movie versions really are the only way people can see these things. Like, the, like they get the cast album and then they get the mo- the movie and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, I, while we were talking about this, I also just realized there may be another basic reason why I just don't connect to things as much. I don't listen to a lot of music. I, I'm not a person who, in my spare idle time, my first instinct is to pop on a song 
you know, regardless. So it's not even that, like, oh, this is a genre in of itself where, oh, the instrumentation about, that, that sort of pulls me out of it or these sort of things. It's just, I don't actively listen to it. And so because I'm not searching it, I, I realize I, I, I would have to invest in this world to be on top of it, to be able to talk to other people about it. Because as you say, I'm not in New York, I'm not in LA or Chicago. When I see the gays on Twitter all talking about X, Y, or Z production, you know, I sort of have to absorb it that way because I just know, well, maybe this will come a few years later. If it succeeds, you know, maybe not. Maybe I'll see a local production of it. But yeah, so it just was something where that too also kept it at a, a, a bit of a hand's distance where you said the movie musicals are the only way I can get it. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Mo movie musicals are hard. They really are hard. I, that, I appreciate all of the work that has to be done to go into it, even if it's not one that I I personally connect with. Yeah, I think that's real. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Tootsie the musical, which which I think is a good segue. Do you know about the Mary Sunshine character in, in Chicago? The one who was played by Christine Baranski in the movie? So, okay. I may be misconstruing this with another character. Is it not revealed within the play that Mary Sunshine is a man? Or it, there's, in drag, yes. In drag, okay. Yes, yes. And and it's it's a big laugh line reveal in the, in the stage production. Um, Billy Flynn pulls off her like dress and wig to reveal that it's it's a it's you know it's it's a, it's a man baby underneath and it was interesting because i wasn't really aware of that and that was something that i didn't that my friend wisbeth told me about as we were leaving the play because they did change it slightly in the production i saw and it was specifically because angelica ross who is a trans woman is like hey let's do something a little tamer here and so i was actually really relieved that in the movie in the movie they just cast christine baranski as that character um i did see a quote from her that said that she feels bad that she took a role away from a drag queen but I don't know that they would have given the role to a drag queen, and I don't think they would have done that tastefully anyway. This is 2002. Like, um, For me as a trans person, I was kind of just happy that they just cast a, a, a nice lady in, in that role. Um, and you can't go wrong with Bransky. Like, I, oh, I, no, wrote in, I wrote in big letters in my notes, Bransky, when she popped up. Yes. I had forgot she was in it. I was so excited. Yes. Me too. Um, but yeah, and so like I think that in that way, that was that was one aspect in the translation that I really did appreciate anyway. Getting a, a woman getting her a, a woman getting her her wig and her dress pulled off to reveal that she's she was born a man or whatever interpretation of the character is, I don't know. Um, that's just transphobic nonsense. I don't, I don't need that. Yeah, you know, especially given when the play is or when the musical is set, it's a lot different connotation than in yeah. our era where, where, well, it's, it's, in some states it is acceptable and, you know, for that to be a thing. Uh, were there any other specific things about the musical uh, on Broadway that did or did not translate to the movie? Hmm. The pacing was different, and I felt like, I think, well, okay, the musical is, like, 
two hours, 30 minutes with a 15 minute intermission. And this was like a two hour movie. So, but it felt like things in the movie were much more rushed. I felt like the, the, the section between cell block tango and the trial was more drawn out and paced better in the staging that I saw. I felt like it went really fast. Like, like you introduce Billy Flynn, he's gonna, he's gonna help Roxy. And then immediately dumps Velma. And then immediately another woman comes in with like, like next beat immediately. Another woman is, is on the front pages. So, so you, so Billy Flynn's going to dump Roxy and then she pretends to have a baby. And it, just, it felt like it just mo- moved through that really fast. Whereas I felt, I think, I think there were more songs and it was just slower paced. And I think that worked for me better. I think if I hadn't known the story from seeing the music alive, I might've not been able to follow everything. Honestly, that's interesting. In the movie. Yeah. I didn't get that sense. I actually thought that was pretty coherent, but maybe that's just because I knew some of the basic plot beats or points in it that I filled in the context loose. Oh, yeah. When she had that baby reveal, though, and then she made her little, I'm a stinker face, you know, after she said it. Oh, my God. That was a great moment yeah. within it. Yeah. There there were a lot of good moments in here that I liked. I, I didn't know that Razzle Dazzle came from this. I thought Razzle Dazzle was a cabaret song because Joel Gray <laughs> sang it on The Muppet yeah. Show. And I just yep. it just seemed like, oh, yeah, that's just one of his his songs on there. But that, yep, the that razzle dazzle. Yeah, and the context of it with the press. Um, I loved the. Vig- I, I, wait, I, I will say the the um. I think it's they both reach for the gun where, uh, Roxy is a marionette for Billy Flynn. I was that just me about the to fuck say. Out. I freaked me out so much. It. I could. Oh, I. I could not it. handle it. I could not handle it. That was one of the moments where I was like. Oh yes, I, see if I saw this live on stage, this would this would kill. Like I get this, and I would seeing you know the actors with the strings, and you remember I. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff that I really liked, and but again, made it clear to me that it's like yeah, it, having gone been in enough theater and doing stuff, there there's a weird. A weird meta layer of theater jokes that I don't know how to describe until you've seen enough shows that make them. Where it's that wink, the nod, either the reference to like the a musical style or like a song note or something that just makes the audience all laugh with that sort of <laughs> we all know yes. what's happening here thing. That I could tell. Oh, these moments are happening in the musical, but in the movie we're we're not pacing for it. We're just sort of glossing over it. But I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was interesting that those moments they kept within the film, despite the fact that you know it, there wasn't a lot. I guess in the theater, people would be would be teeing it, but yeah, like yeah, rolling I, in the aisles. Yeah, totally. Man, so many of these things. I just think maybe I needed to see it in a theater. And mm-hmm. you know what? Next time Chicago comes, or when I go to uh, to New York next, maybe Chicago's got to be up on the list. Yeah, I could see that. Um... I couldn't stop thinking about the Richard Gere gerbil story the whole time we were watching it. Oh, watching it. Well, I hadn't thought of it all until now, so thank you. I'm going to now yeah. imagine him tap dancing with a gerbil uh, trying to peek its way out. Boy, howdy. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel I feel sorry for him, but also he's Richard Gere. He can take it. He, he's He's been in enough movies, enough women love him that he can handle a, a, a weirdly persistent... Like rumor that is spread for for decades, and according to the story, he sure can take it. <laughs> oh my God. Um, 
I think that's probably going to do it for my thoughts on Chicago 2002. Yeah, that's most of my thoughts. It was my first real um, Renee Zellweger that I can remember being. I think I saw Bridget Jones in like maybe high school or college, but not enough to remember mm. it. Um, I thought she was interesting. I thought, obviously, we talked about Kathy Zeta Jones being great. I don't know why moms like Richard Gere. I'm not into him, but you know what? I wasn't around back in the day when he was. I didn't see American Gigolo, so you know I wasn't there for that. Uh, and and Queen Latifah is a queen. Like my God, just was amazing. I, I, weirdly, for liking a lot of elements of it, this is again a. Uh, didn't hate it, but definitely did not love it. And and as we said, not pushing my needle any any way towards loving or or hating musicals. Good, which is good. This this would have been uh, this would have been a bad point to have this movie be the someone one that somehow triggers my spiral of into a musical hellhole. Yeah, I would I would not want that to be the case. Um, do we want to talk about what we're going to watch in the next episode? Yeah, we can do that. It's your turn to pick from me, isn't it? Yes. And it's funny you said that you didn't understand the appeal of Richard Gere. I'm not going to say that you're going to understand it after we watch this, but I think we should watch Pretty Woman next. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Let's do that. Yeah. Julia Roberts, Gary Marshall, Pretty Woman. I'm excited for this. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking about what I know of this film. And this is, again, one of those ones where I know the basic arc, but I know nothing about what happens in between where sure. we start and where we finish. So, okay. I, I'm sure some of the – you might have heard – maybe maybe, maybe the, this is an age gap thing. I definitely think you've probably heard some of the, the famous lines quoted. Um, I'll be curious to see. Oh, I, I know of some like I. It's weird. I can't think of it in the moment, but I know the box snapping. Yeah, um, yep, that's a classic. I know the reveal of her in the outfit change was a huge, you know, moment. Yeah, I, I. It's those moments you see in clip shows and Oscar reels, the things like that, where it's highlighting, yeah. you know, the the. Well, I guess I don't know if this was the breakout Julia Roberts role, but it's maybe her role, her breakout role in terms of putting her on that level of. Of sex appeal and sex symbol and stuff. Yeah, this was the movie that made her America's sweetheart for sure. Yeah, there uh, we go. We're gonna have America's sweetheart. We're gonna be gearing up for gear, and we're gonna have Gary Marshall. Oh, I'm so excited. That's gonna be coming up next episode on Not a Hate Watch. But for tonight, as we always say, John C. Riley, what a dweeb! What a doof! What? What a fucking nerd! What an absolute pushover. He's so much Mr. Cellophane, we didn't even talk about him until the end. We saw right through him. That's good, that's good. Oh no, I can't tell if I froze or you did. Is it me? Little editing blip. Uh, Blorp. Huh, it might be me. I don't think it's me. Oh, there she goes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, did I go off again? I can hear you. Yeah, you, you froze for me for like 30 seconds. Oh my gosh, why? This is, I don't know why this is happening. Yeah, I'm only at 72% uploaded. Okay. I'll let me get back from what I was saying.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I gotta get my la 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 tgtt boom boom boom. We had it coming. We had it coming.